Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast was created for entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, digital marketing tips, personal development resources, and a nice dose of comic relief. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What is going on, everybody? Jason Wright here. Another great episode of the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. I believe this is episode number 111. With three releases a week, those numbers are starting to climb quickly, aren't they? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I release a full-length show like this once a week, typically Sunday night into the wee hours of Monday morning, and then I've got two mini-episodes, also known as the Full Access Project, that come out Wednesdays and Fridays. So those are under 10 minutes, a little bit shorter, but it's all good stuff. So check those out if you haven't already. And along that same line, when I started the Full Access Project maybe a week or two ago, I said I was going to do it for this calendar year. Sometimes you just have to set a goal and just have the discipline to commit to hitting your goal. When's the last time you guys set a goal and just said, you know what, I don't care if I write a blog for a year and nothing comes from it, I'm just going to do it anyway because I'm going to give it a chance to work. Now, I think discipline and patience are all things that are both things that, you know, get away from me once in a while and, and probably everybody listening as well. So find an area of your business or maybe even your life that you want to get better results out of. Give that a shot. So this is what I'm going to do and go for it. You know, I've started working out again. I think I'm at like three days a week right now. I used to work out like a crazy person. It's been years since I've done that. But I know that I need to stick with it for several months before I really start seeing good results. And, you know, in my mind, it's like this is another thing I'm going to do regularly this year. And I know what to expect, you know, later in the year. So um, sometimes patience and discipline can be a can be the difference between success and failure for you. Uh, If you guys haven't checked it out already, I'd encourage you to check out my book that I released at the beginning of this year, end of last year. It's called The Backwards Route to Forward Progress. It is a mindset and motivational book. It is not an entrepreneurial book per se, but I think you'll get some energy out of it. Uh, If you're curious about checking that out, you can go to thebackwardsroutebook.com and it's available in paperback and ebook as well. So today we've got another great guest. I've got Brooke Borup from My Clone Solution that I'll be speaking with here in a moment. And we had a really good conversation, and Brooke, you know, gives some great examples of how she was able to see gaps or see opportunities within the businesses of other entrepreneurs and capitalize on that. So great conversation. Be thinking about what I just said there as you listen to Brooke and I speak and See if there's any opportunities around your own business that you may be missing right now or may not be paying attention to. And something else even further along that line, sometimes opportunities are there for a while, then they're gone, you know, and that could be a really good thing or a really bad thing. But everything around us is very fluid and always changing. So you've got to always be aware and always be ready for that next opportunity. Uh, Let's check out the conversation between Brooke and I. Here we go. What is happening, everybody? I've got another great guest with me this week. I've got Brooke Borup with My Clone Solution. Let me tell you what I know about Brooke. She's obviously an entrepreneur. She's a coach and a consultant, and she's also a branding and marketing professional. Brooke, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason, for having me. No problem at all. 
Uh, one thing I don't know is I don't know anything about your journey, so I'm very eager to hear that story. Wonderful. Well, um, I fired corporate America uh, four years ago now. And um, when I say I fired corporate America, I was in big corporate. So I used to work for sale in sales for the Hilton Corporation. And um, I sold hotel rooms and event space. Um, in addition to uh, supporting all of the executive staff as an administrative assistant. And believe me, it got hectic. Um, but that's where I learned the skills that I needed to be able to go back to my roots um, and support small business owners in the way that I do now. Um, I originally, uh, my family is filled with entrepreneurs and small, small business owners, um, 11 of them in my immediate family, if you can believe that. Um, so I, I'm totally like in that mindset and I always said, I'm never going to be a business owner. And, um, I, after like 15 years of working for big corporations, I was like, screw this. <laughs> I, I need to help people and I need to not have the red tape to do it. And, um, so that's when I started my clone solution and I'm now, uh, 200 clients in, um, 11 States and three countries. And I am rocking and rolling on some great stuff for my small business owner clients. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Was there one particular event in corporate America that just pushed you over the edge or was it just kind of a. Yes. So, um, I, my, my last big corporate job, um, it was with a Hilton property and I went to work, um, every single day for two years and j never knew if I was going to come home with a job, you know, and it was just one of those things like, whether my boss was in a bad mood or I was just too outspoken or I didn't follow the rules like I needed to. And I was just afraid every day that my livelihood was going to be taken away for no reason, but it just, it felt that way. And I traded in, um, that corporate crap and I went to a family restaurant, um, and, and opened a, a, an extra locate or another location for them. And in my, um, my last month there was of course, holiday party season. And I made that restaurant $29,000 in one night. Holy and, smokes. Yes. And, um, and my staff all walked away with 30% gratuity, which means everything was freaking fantastic because they only had to tip 21%. Oh, wow. And right. Everything was great. I come into work the next day and I get written up for 21 points of things that I did wrong. Yeah, I've never, As, I've never understood that because that, that doesn't ever bring out the best in anybody. Not at all. Especially when I just rocked it and my staff was amazing and you're going to, and you, that's, that's how you're going to reward me. Um, and so that was, I started, I started trying to figure out what I was going to do that day. Um, and I found myself a part-time job and I started my business uh, two weeks later and quit. <laughs> I love that. I actually was in the company of two people earlier this week, yesterday, and they they both made a comment that we accept the fact we're always going to work for the man. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty depressing. Like, what would you accept that? You're you're in your mid thirties. What, what's going on here? But it, you know, it's it's a mindset thing, as you know, and it's it's interesting mm -hmm. to see the different perspectives on that. Yeah. And there are people that are nine to five people. They want to have 
um, there's a lot of people in my life that I can look at and say, yeah, you, you're not cut out for what I'm doing. Um, and they're usually the people saying you work too much. You don't do enough with us. You don't come out enough. You go to bed too early. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But I get up at five 30 in the morning. What you doing? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, what I've learned is that if people don't really understand the entrepreneurial lifestyle, like if they're curious, they have questions, I'll talk to them. But if they want to start like trying to, you know, come down on me or something, I lose interest in the conversation quickly because they have no frame of reference. They have no, no they have no idea what they're talking about. No, you they know? don't. So very interesting. Um who let's see, where do I want to go from here? So you you do all kinds of different stuff. When I heard the name of your business, I was like, Man, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite <laughs> sure what we're getting into, but tell me how you came up with that name. It's intriguing to me. Um, so a lot of people, you know, they'll, you'll hear business owners say, Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I just wish there were two of me. Gotcha. Or I just wish there were extra, I had an extra hand, you know, and that sort of thing. And so that's where my clone came out of. And, um, people don't get it right off the bat, but as soon as they look at anything that I'm doing, it's like, Oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I'll say it on Facebook lives when I introduce myself into different groups and, um, you know, I'll say, Hey, this is Brooke with my clone solution. And, you know, we work with business owners to help them automate and delegate their way to a life outside of their business. And I'll see comments. that will be like, Oh, I get it. My clone, you know? And <laughs> so <laughs> at first it's okay. People don't have to get it. Um, but I, it, people get it are, are getting it more because I see in Facebook groups and I see online in different places, you know, um, I just wish I had a clone and I love that because I have my like Google words, um, or what do they call it? it uh, AdWords? Like you, no, it's not AdWords, but, um, like, uh, notifications. Okay. So when somebody types in, I wish I had a clone, it pops up into my email as a notification. Really? Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, it used to be a much bigger thing than it is now, but it's still around. They don't advertise it, but you can put in keywords. And whenever somebody types it into Google or posts something, um, about it somewhere, you can get notifications like a newsfeed in your email. Um, so I have that for like virtual assistant and I have that for Tampa networking just so I can, you know, things pop up. But, um, yeah, I have that for, I wish I had a clone. Well, something else cool about your business name is it's pretty hard to forget, you know, because it is so unique. It kind of sticks in your mind like taffy on a hot summer day. So it's a good thing going for you there. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and people and like, yeah, like you said, pe people get it once they get it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not looking for 100 percent like uh, retention. I'm looking for the, the people that really want to um to make some changes to better their business isn't it amazing how many people will tell you they want to make changes and then it what comes when it comes time to that first step they just disappear or go quiet it's like come on come on yeah. so yeah. kind of along those lines what do you see as the greatest need with startups is it admin help is it coaching or marketing material what do you think number one would be uh number one systems and but that's not what they ask for um, they're, they ask for like a virtual assistant or an admin, but they don't want to pay for it. Uh, so that's why when people hear from me or we talk or they see anything that I do, it's always automation first delegation second, 
because people get afraid when you say delegate that it's going to cost them a lot. Um, so we start with automate and that will allow them the time to go and, uh, to build the funds to be able to delegate, but really people are just wearing so many different hats and they can't figure out how to take them off. Um, so number one, get rid of the ignorance first and learn how to run a business. Because even though you're amazing at what you do and what your skill set is, you have to be able to run a business in order to stay alive. Um, and that's what I find is the number one thing that people need that they don't know they need. Mm -hmm. well, you know, what's interesting is once upon a time I worked at Angie's List selling advertising and working with lots of entrepreneurs, business owners. And once in a while I would get a, a, a guy, maybe he was a plumber or a roofer or a heating and cooling guy. He was phenomenal at what he did. And somehow, you know, the guy may have made a, a ridiculous amount of money, but no clue what was going on around him in the business world. It's just amazing to see uh, with entrepreneurs, there's so many flavors, there's so many different walks of life. And you're right. I mean, you know, I'm a big believer of I want to play to my strengths. You know, there's certain areas I'm never going to be good at. So I find people that are good and I bring them on board or surround myself with them and just try to make my strengths go from good to great, you know? Absolutely. And that's what makes a really good business person is knowing that. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I would say 80%, maybe more of the people that go into business every year do not have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I talk at networking events and my number one talk that I do is about opportunity cost. And, um, it's it, the title is, so you just paid yourself $4,000 a month to do your bookkeeping. Um, and people don't get that time is money. They hear it all the time. They say it all the time, but they don't actually put it into the context of their own money. And, um, so we talk about the opportunity costs and what that really means because no one in their right mind would pay a non-professional to do their books and their taxes. Mm -hmm. and, and, I mean, pay them $4,000. There's no, no, that no makes one no would sense. ever do that. But if you take your billable hourly rate and, and multiply that by the number of hours you're spending as a business owner doing that, you just paid your, you just paid a non-professional $4,000 to go and do your, do your books when you could have paid somebody $400 and you could have had them done correctly. Absolutely. Ding, ding, ding. Um, but, but that's, you know, that just, just that little thing is like, wow, Brooke, I need to talk to you. You know, when can we, ha when can I pick your brain? I'm like, no, I charge for that now, um, <laughs> you know, because you need to have some skin in the game in order for, to come and talk to me mm -hmm. because I'm going to give you homework. You're not going to do it. I'm going to follow up with you 10 times. Granted it's automated now, but I'm going to follow up with you 10 times and you're still not going to do it. You're going to come to me a year down the road and you're going to say, Oh, I just never did that. And I'm going to say, well, you have to do it before I talk to you again. Um, because what I do with the, with the business owners that I work with and that I help is, um, a lot of upfront work, 
you know, I'm an accountability partner. I help you, um, not necessarily with the overall strategy for the entire business, but we are, we are picking everything apart and putting you in the right systems, um, planning for automation so we can get you some time back planning for future delegation so that when you are ready to hire somebody, whether that's, you know, 10 hours a week or 40 hours a week, you know what you're going to delegate. They, you have the training on what, what you're going to do or how, what that person's going to do. And you have the calendar set up for what that person's going to do. So I set you up so that you're ready to delegate whenever you want to pull the trigger. And, um, but it's, it's work. It's definitely not for somebody who's like, completely overwhelmed and I can help you with the overwhelm, but you have to want to take it a step further and get yourself out of it permanently. Um, because it's, it's a lot of work up front, but on the back end, guess what? You can take a freaking vacation and somebody can run your business for you if needed. Mm -hmm. Um, where most business owners, you know, haven't taken a vacation in years. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all about, putting in the work to on the front end to get uh, what you want in the back end. Yeah. You know, it's also talk about automation. It's uh it's intriguing. I talked to a lot of people in this podcast and it's really neat because you get people from all over the world doing all different things. And it's so, so neat from my perspective and hopefully my audience feels the same way as well. And I, every once in a while, I'll talk to somebody who has just some kind of a ridiculous business on full autopilot. Like it doesn't need them ever. I just think it's mm-hmm. the coolest thing in the world. It, it is. It really is. I mean, it's so darn cool. And there's and there's still people that, I mean, I'm 30, what am I, 36. I've talked to people this year that are the same age as me or younger that still don't, how do you not know how to use a computer? I mean, that's just, that angers me. Like, there's no excuse for that. None at all. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of patience with my older clients. Um, and I do a lot of training videos and a lot of different things, but, um, I'm putting together a summit right now and it's a pretty big one. And, uh, I'm working with, you know, speakers and coaches from all over the world. And I'm like, don't worry, I'm going to give you training on how to make this happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, because they, none of them know. And I'm like, welcome to the digital world. Oh yeah. You know, like your business is not going to be profitable in two years, five years, because everything is going digital. It's much cheaper. You know, the, the, uh, conferences that you traveled to and paid thousands of dollars for that trip are dwindling because everything's going to be online now. It's much cheaper and much easier to achieve for people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, super crazy. interesting. So here's when it's it's is uh, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. So when you when you think about coaching, what do you think is the best time for somebody to get involved with the coach? I see people, you know, I focus on mostly startups, so kind of that first three year window. Some people mm-hmm. haven't even started, but they've been toying with it for years. You know the type. But what do you see is that best time for people to get involved with the coach? Okay, so. I think that you should between coaches and mentors and, uh, accountability buddies, um, cause they're, they're kind of the same thing, but they're different and they belong in different stages. So it, I believe that it really depends on one, the business that you're in, um, because certain businesses need different help. But I would say the first thing that you want to do is when you're starting up, um, starting up a business, you definitely need to have a mentor of some sort. 
Um, so whether you go to SCORE and you get a mentor in your field because they have them, or you go to the SBDC and talk to a mentor um, in your category there, they can help you out with that kind of stuff when you're first getting started. They don't cost anything. So that is a great way to kind of get yourself um, started in the right direction. Um, once you get to a point where your business is going okay, you're getting some clients in the door, you have some basics in place, then I would definitely consider a sales coach because the majority of the world doesn't know how to sell. Um, they are scared of it. They hate making phone calls. They're basically just sitting in businesses waiting for the phone to ring and they're throwing money at advertising and marketing, which is great because you need some of that, but they can't close it when it comes in the door. So the sales is, would be the first type of coach that I would invest in and get your sales game up. Then start putting your, your, um, marketing and advertising in place. Then you know that you can close, you know, 30 or 40% of what comes in, maybe more, you know? So like right now you're throwing money at the, or you're throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping that it will stick and 10% of it sticks. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you actually had some skills to sell, then 30, 40, 50% of it sticks. That's a much better return on investment for your advertising dollar. Mm -hmm. So invest in yourself first, then invest in your business and then start working on accountability. Now me personally, I'm an implementation coach. So if you want to get stuff done, that's what I do. Um, I work with a lot of business coaches. Uh, they are the front end, they're the strategy, and then they bring me their clients to implement the strategy, which is great for me because it's a built-in referral network. Um, but it's one of those things where you have to implement stuff and you have to, you have to do this stuff for your business. And most people don't do the business stuff. They do the bare minimum. They get sold a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and they buy it because people say, oh my gosh, you have to buy this. Um, but they don't have a strategy and a plan for their business. Um, and that needs to come first. And usually for those people who are getting up and running, the people at score and the people at the SBDC, um, can help you figure out where you need to go first and the steps you need to get there so that you can have some systems in place. So you don't do marketing before you learn sales, um, and teach you how to not get as overwhelmed as a lot of business owners get because they forget that they're running a business. Brooke, that piece you said about sales, isn't that the truth? I'm a real big extrovert by nature, so I don't have any problem selling. I don't have any problem being turned down or yelled at or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't phase me. But when I think about my super-duper introvert, man, that's got to be tough. Yeah, and, like, I'm – I can't tell you I'm a big salesperson either. I'm kind of the introvert when I have to be extrovert when I have to be. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty down the center, but I, until I started working with a sales coach, I really didn't have a plan. Like my, my sales calls that used to be way over the time limit. You know, I would, I'd schedule an hour with somebody, you know, which is your normal one-to-one, -one, but 
I would go into so much detail and they would get overwhelmed and they could have, they would have bought from me in the first 15 minutes, but I wasn't getting it. And so now I have my whole sales process into 23 questions and those 23 questions I can get through in 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how long the person needs to talk about their business problems. But I understand it now. I get it. And I'm, you know, I'm learning and I'm practicing every day. Um, but that was a huge turning point for me because all I need to know is if you have a problem that I can solve, are you willing to pay for it? And are you the one that's making the decision? And if I can get those, that, those questions answered in like the first 15 minutes, that's golden. Cause it used to take me a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's huge. If if they're not making the decision, I, I don't have a whole lot to say because that's a big waste of time. Yeah, especially if they have to go check with somebody. And then I'm like, yeah, no. So when I'm talking to somebody that um, I know is going to be a client, especially a big one, um, I make sure that everybody is on the phone call. Have you ever had this happen? I've had people pose as the decision maker before, and then they say they're not. And they're like, what in the world is going on? Yeah, I used to get that in the hotel world all the time, but I didn't know how to sell at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious. So what I'd love to get from you now is I'd love to get three tips for marketing automation. I don't know if I'm throwing you a curveball there or not, Ooh. but I'd love to see. So somebody who's got no automation going, what do you think the first three things or first three steps they should take? Any way you want to run with it towards automation, what should those be? Okay. So the first thing is, is you need to find the software system you're going to live on. Um, and the reason that I say that is in most cases, it's a CRM, right? A customer relationship management system. Um, whenever you started your last corporate job, the first thing they did was give you your username and password for their system. As a small business owner, do you have one? If the answer is no, then you need to get one. Um, and I, there are free ones out there. I recommend on the free side, I recommend HubSpot. Um, if you are marketing automation, honestly, hands down, the best marketing automation system is active campaign. Just signed up um, last week. It's fantastic. And you can start it for $9 a month, um, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, because active, active campaign has automation sequences that can be built to do anything you want them to do. And if you're going to be doing anything online, which every business in existence should have at least one email sales funnel, um, active campaign can handle that for you. And it integrates with everything. Um, so the first thing, get your, your CRM. Where are you going to live? What software are all of your clients and your prospects um, going to reside in? Then the second thing you want to do is build your email sales funnel. So um, really that's to bring in the leads for your business so that you have a consistent steady stream of leads coming in. Um, and it gives you something to market where nobody is going to go to your webpage from a Facebook ad. You know, you need to have an offer for them and that offer needs to be something free and juicy to get them into your email sales funnel. Then active campaign can go to work and you can put that all into use. So, um, second thing, 
build your email sales funnel. Um, and somebody like me can help you do something like that um, and plan it so it makes sense to you and your customer. Um, the third thing is what I call generally specific email templates. Um, and what that means is it can be anything from what's in your email sales funnel to the standard emails that you send out all the freaking time in your business. I guarantee you that your proposals almost all look the same. Your contracts almost all look the same. The, e the emails that you send out your proposals and your contracts in all look the same. You just keep retyping them over and over and over and over again. So there are, um, if you use Gmail as, excuse me, as your um, email provider, then there is a, um, a website called cloudhq.net. And they have a whole bunch of extensions for Chrome. Now you do have to use Chrome, but they have a whole bunch of extensions for Gmail and Chrome that allow you to snooze your emails. You have email templates. You can even put video in email. They have a whole bunch of options for you. And it is very cool. Um, but those things that will help you build templates so that every time you send a proposal, you click a button and attach your proposal and it's done. The, the names go in, everything happens and, um, you can build that all out. So you can save yourself hours every single week, um, just by automating some of that stuff that is repetitive for you. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I like those tips. You seem like a very, very upbeat, confident person. So kind of off topic here, but I think like the sales would come easy to you. I, you know, I can, I can sell anything, but I talk it. Um, I talk it more than I sell it, which is what I need to work on. Um, more than, you know, some other people, uh, I know my product and most of my clients, they talk to me and they're like, yes, that's exactly what I want but I will give them too much information and it overwhelms them. Right. And so that's, that is my, that's my downfall is most people don't need to know the why they just need to know the what. Yep. Um, oh, and yeah, I was going to ask you, and I hope you didn't already answer this. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but I was going to throw a curveball at you and say, what is your biggest challenge as an entrepreneur? Um, Oh, I, let's see. Be vulnerable with us here. I will. I will. Um, yeah, I totally, I totally have no problem with that. Um, I work a lot. So I'm one of those, I'm one of those people that, um, I know where I'm going and I want to get there as fast as I can. So I'll sacrifice everything else for that. So that, that's my biggest downfall when it comes to business is I sacrifice everything for my, my business baby. But, um, <sighs> Really, it's. <sighs> I love the realness here, by the way. <laughs> um, God, there's I mean, there's so much like I, I have a team of people that work for me all over the world. Um, and so I I'm a I have a guilt factor. So like I don't I don't like to um, to not be in control. Not not necessarily because I can definitely delegate but I like to be hands-on with a lot of my stuff. And I really feel bad. Like I get involved with my clients and I get involved with their businesses. And if something that they're trying to do doesn't necessarily work out the way that they hoped, I feel bad. 
And the normal, the normal business owner would be like, well, I, I did my end of the bargain, right? You know, I did what I was supposed to do for you. The, you know, if the launch didn't go like you wanted it to, we can go back and we can fix it. But it ultimately, like, I feel the burden as much or more than the business owner does. And that's a good thing though. It really is because it's totally not. (laughs) Well, I'm saying from the receiving end of that. So if you and I are working together and I do a launch, it doesn't go according to plan. And you're like really into that. Hey, this isn't, this isn't good enough for me. I mean, I'm going to say, man, she's as invested in this as I am. So from the client standpoint, that's good from yours. You know, that may be, it may go into an area of unhealthiness if it gets, I guess, out of control, but Yeah. Well, and that's hard. You know, like if I, I had a client, we did a whole bunch of work. I was the implementer. So I did the implementation stuff, um, and, and put everything together. She had a whole other launch team that was doing their job because I don't do day-to-day stuff. Um, and I don't do launches like that because that's very intensive and I have too many clients to, to spend 60 hours a week with one person for a launch. Um, So she had a launch team. I was an implementer. So I built the course and I built the the tech on the back end and all of that. And when her launch didn't go as expected, she completely blew up at me, blamed everything on me and stopped talking to me. And I've been there too, my friend. I'm just, I'm like, okay. But then I, you know, but then I feel bad and I totally should not have felt bad about that because she, it's just one of those things. I'm like, I feel like I'm in the corporate world again. (laughs) Um, I'm like, this is why I have my own business. No, I I want eggs in different baskets. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And you know, so when you go for, from working, you know, 10, 20 hours a week for one person just to get something done. And then all of a sudden they're just completely gone and pissed at you. I'm like, wait a second. And then I feel bad and I don't want to feel bad. I want to go on to my other clients that really need me and aren't gonna, you know, run away with their tail between their legs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but that's personally that's I have a guilt factor and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that that response. Thank you. Absolutely. But I've told the audience this before, but the guests never have any idea what I'm going to ask. You know, I don't try to put them in a weird situation, but it's all real. And uh, as you see, Brooke is very real with us and doing a great job with everything. So I appreciate the heck out of that. Uh, you've got a lot going on, Brooke. What's next for you? What's on the horizon in the next, say, six months or so? Oh, I've got so much. Um, <clears throat> in the last... Uh... The last four months, I have worked with uh, my business coach clients uh, to launch uh, two online summits, uh, four uh, courses, 20 email sales funnel, and two membership websites. So um, in all of that, I have been developing my own automated workbook to actually help my future clients. So um And gosh, by the 1st of October, I will be launching those workbooks. And so I'll be able to automate my entire coaching process through those tasks, which is awesome. Um, And I'm very excited to help a lot more coaches uh, through that, that um, so that I don't need to be present other than my education. Uh, Plus they get a heck of a lot more education from me. So that's coming here in like the next five weeks or so. And then, um, I'm also, like I had said a little bit earlier, working on a summit called in the trenches MBA. And, um, it is going to be a six week course that we're going to launch as a free summit. 
Um, I have, uh, I'm working on my speakers right now. So I have, I will have between 100 and 150 speakers for this summit each doing their own presentation on their skill set, And it's gonna be launched on uh, Black Friday as, uh, as a special for Black Friday and a special for Cyber Monday. And um, it is for new business owners, um, entrepreneurs thinking about being business owners and businesses that are within their three to five year growth mode. So basically any businesses that are under five years or they're just not growing, the way that the business owner wants them to. Um, and it's going to be everything business. So we're not going to talk about your soft skills. We're not going to talk about, you know, I'm in construction or I'm in art or I'm in real estate. We're going to talk about what makes the business work. Um, and I have, uh, right now, coaches from all over the world that are bringing their skills, uh, and to the, to the summit. And, um, Jason, I'm going to send you an email because I want you to come in and, and do a video too. So, um, I'm very excited that in the trenches MBA is coming and we're going to be doing this stuff that colleges don't teach. Nobody teaches this stuff except for us business owners and coaches who have been there, done that. You know, it's funny about you saying that, and I appreciate that invite very much, by the way. My son and I, 11-year-old Ethan, and I were speaking two days ago, and he said, Dad, I got a question for you. It's like, all right, hit me with it. He said, how come schools don't teach about entrepreneurship or how to use money the right way? And I was like, have you been reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, son? Those are great <laughs> questions for you. I said, you were going to learn a whole bunch of things living here that you're never going to learn in the classroom. And yep. what you just said made me think about that. So I love it. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I have an intern working with me right now and, um, he has, he's very entrepreneurial. Um, he's 25 years old. He's been, he started with me in like May and he is coming up quick as a project manager. And he's like, I am so excited for all of my businesses because all of this stuff that I'm doing is going to, is just going to work. He's like, they don't teach me this stuff at USF. And, you know, and you're right. They don't teach you sales funnels. They don't teach you real social media. They don't teach you the tips and tricks behind what actually happens. Their professors are teaching from some random book that somebody wrote however many years ago. I mean, I love Seth Godin, but I read Seth Godin and in, in when I was in school. Mm -hmm. And so much has changed since then. Now, the business basics and fundamentals don't change all that much. But how you get there and the method in which you grow your business changes every day. Absolutely. Well, Brooke, if somebody listening is inspired by something you said, and there's a whole lot of things they could have been inspired, inspired by, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? So my website is myclonesolution.com. And, um, pretty much everything that you would ever want is sitting on my website, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. Um, I'm pretty much everywhere and everywhere has my email address. Um, the, the spammers find me and so do the random call Google people. So, um, so any of your listeners can find me too, because I I'm out there. You type in my name or you type in my clone solution and I automatically populate the first 10 pages of Google. <laughs> well, Brooke, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. I hope you have as well. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Excellent. Thanks, Jason. And I will send that invite over to you. Awesome. See ya. Bye. All right. We are back to the show. Brooke, if you are listening, I appreciate it. Appreciate your time and I appreciate your the information that you shared with us as well. So thank you. 
If you guys are curious or would like to check out the show notes from today's episode, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 111 and see those there. And if you want to see everything that we're doing, you can just go to the website and see what we're up to in general, intentionallyinspirational.com. All right, guys, I appreciate the ear today. Um, Later this week, we will have two more of the mini episodes labeled as the Full Access Project coming out. Again, no editing, no guests, no music, under 10 minutes in the raw, unscripted journey of an entrepreneur. I talk about lots of failures because they happen all the time. I talked about some wins and uh, it's almost like my my audio journal. It's it's more for me than anybody, but I think for a lot of you, it could be kind of cool to listen to. So check that out. We will talk to you soon. Thanks. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Intentionally Inspirational. You can keep up with all of our new episodes on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We look forward to having you join us again next week for another great episode.